Fulhamish is back for the season by Labbrooks. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish podcast. Hello and welcome to Fulhamish Extra, your extra dosage of Fulham FC content. My name is Sammy James and on today's show we're going to be previewing Sunday's match against Liverpool. Fulham enter the title race for the next two (laughs) Premier League match days. Could we potentially spring the ultimate shock and derail either Liverpool or Manchester City's chances? Uh, Here to talk all things ahead of the game, Farrell Monk. Guten Tag. Ben Jarman. Hi Sammy And Tom Great is back as well uh, Just before we move on to the Liverpool game Tom Just to say that uh, the Fulham Supporters Trust ticket pricing survey uh, is out Isn't it? Uh, on the Fulham Supporters Trust website It is, it's on the, our website Go over our Twitter feed Your Twitter feed, you'll see links to it Please take the 10, 12 minutes, 15 minutes Whatever it is to fill it in Yeah, It's really important we get as many responses as possible Yeah, 100% Make sure you go fill in the survey on the Fulham Sports Trust website And if you want some more details as to why it's so important uh, Make sure you listen to the second part of Monday's podcast Where we go into that in far more detail Really exciting Today we have an exclusive interview on this podcast With Eric Nevland Uh, He appeared on our Love Sport Radio Radio fan show on Wednesday evening, of course, all-round hero of the Roy Hodgson era, all the way from the Great Escape season, what I'd do for a Great Escape right now doesn't look like it's on, all the way to the Europa League final as well. Uh, Really good to hear from him. He spoke about the current situation at Fulham and also reminisced over some great memories as well. So make sure you check that out later in the podcast. And just to say this season, Fulhamish is backed by Ladbrokes. For exclusive specials and promotions, head to bets.fulhamish.co.uk. So uh, St. Paddy's Day it is on Sunday and we've got the Celts uh, from Liverpool coming down uh, to Craven Cottage it's a sellout it's full of Fulham fans I don't think many Liverpool fans are going to be there on (laughs) Sunday um, for this one Uh, Ben are you team Liverpool or are you team City in the title race of course I am team City Pep Guardiola is there what what other answer did you expect from me it was a silly question but I have to (laughs) check Farrell uh, there is only one way that I could go, and that is City, because Gerard is no longer. I was about to say with us, he is still with us, but not, <laughs> not in red. Yeah, this is a weird thing if you don't know about Farrell. He loves Fulham, but he also loves Stephen Gerrard, and it's quite, quite it's quite an odd combination. Mm. Tom, Liverpool or City for you? I'm afraid it's probably my age, but I'm Liverpool because you know when I was a kid, Liverpool were. That's when they were in their pomp, and I remember seeing them on the odd games that you got televised in those days, and. I just think it's it'd be quite nice for Liverpool to win the league. See, I'm the same. To the dismay of everybody that I tell this to, that I'd quite like Liverpool to win the league. Everyone hates me for it. Like, are, are people, uh, that, that, that's not the reason why. Oh yeah, <laughs> people on WhatsApp have fully taken me to task in a few like football kind of chats I'm in that I'd, I quite like Liverpool to win. I just quite like Jurgen Klopp. Quite like the way they play. I I I, I can understand it. I just want to, to be honest. I I think I'd much rather see a really good title run in rather than just Liverpool falling away and not actually winning it at all. I just want to, I just want to see some football. So you want to see us lose to Liverpool and beat Man City just to... 
keep it going to the end of the season. Don't know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Two 5 nil wins, that would be nice. Well, Ben, Liverpool having uh, an incredible season, uh, one of the most improved teams in the Premier League. Uh, it's them and Watford are the two most improved teams this season in the Premier League, if you want a small little interesting mm-hmm. fact. Uh, Jurgen Klopp's got them playing, not necessarily scintillating football. It's very effective football these days. Liverpool used to be a team a, a bit similar to how Fulham have tried to approach much of this season. You score four, we'll score three. <laughs> um, but this season, far more ruthless. Lots of one nil two nil wins winning at tough away grounds winning under difficult circumstances i thought sunday's game against burnley kind of showed that they were pegged back a couple of times it could have got really really awkward for them but ultimately just a little bit of quality in the right moments told and and that's what they've really done all season yeah there's sort of some similarities to when dortmund won the league under club but they became quite ruthless and quite effective toward the towards the end of that title that season when they secured the title I think this time around you're seeing Klopp put much more emphasis on the defensive side of his game because last year it lacked somewhat. But obviously the insertion of Virgil van Dijk into that centre-half role has been a massive um, plus point for Liverpool. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more slickness and effectiveness from them up front. I think it's gone a little bit, not stale, but not as effective as they were. And Salah's come off the ball somewhat and I think that's to be expected after uh, a record-breaking season last year. But... Yeah, they're still a wonderful team and one that's going to cause us a mountain of problems this Sunday. I'm absolutely sure of that. Yeah, I've got... I mean, watching Virgil van Dijk play is an absolute joy. I, I love watching him play. I, I, I cannot be underestimated how much he brings to that team. Like He's so strong and effective in defence, but he's also silky smooth um, with the ball at his feet. I think he brings so much to that team. And people gawked at his £75 million price tag but that's what he's worth and then some I think he's worth more than that I mean you look at what he's done for this team and same with Alisson as well who has just it was the one problem position for Liverpool Mm. Tom and he's come in this season and just looked pure quality had that one mistake at Leicester and people thought oh he's paid too much for him but he just looks like the real deal, doesn't he? Yeah, and the fact, I think it's 17 league goals they've conceded all season. Mm-hmm. Mm. Something like that. You know, it just tells its own story, doesn't it, about the improvement in that defence. So even if you've got a situation where up front they're not as spectacular as they were last season, actually on balance that's a that's a better team because you're, you know, you're so so tight at the back. Um, Should have been 18 goals if it wasn't for the flat. Yeah, the yeah, it's flag. Right. Yeah. yeah, well it is, <laughs> it yeah, 18. 17 goals they've conceded this season. Only 68 scored but yeah it's a real impressive um, defensive record on the road though lately they've just been a little not not very clinical and that's what's cost them particularly that 0-0 draw um, against Everton and there was also that one all draw on the road against West Ham where they weren't particularly impressive I, I, I would say there's absolutely no chance if Fulham were to go to Anfield but they just haven't looked quite so clinical on the road of course we are talking about our defence here and, and maybe this isn't normal <laughs> circumstances with this Fulham team. But if it was a Fulham team with any more confidence, I would be looking at this game thinking it's not going to be easy, but there's probably worse times to face Liverpool than, than right now. Sort of feels like when we played them all the way back when they had Rodgers as their manager and we weren't playing particularly well, but I think they beat us 3-2. Yeah, the last kick of the game yeah, yeah that was yeah. that was was it Sturridge no it was Gerrard uh, so Gerrard so Farrell, Farrell was really yeah, really yeah, happy jumping about in the Stevenage Road stand it's when I got my season ticket taken off me for being a Liverpool fan <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so it sort of feels like there's some sort of similarity between those two games there for me. But yeah, I, f- I feel like coming off of what should be a big week for Liverpool, it could go one of two ways. Yeah, I mean, you look at their recent record up until that Burnley game, the last five games in all competitions, they'd kept clean sheets. The defence is just so, so... Um, it was a fortress really and and Mitrovic is going to be have to be at his absolute best to get any joy out of of that defence on Sunday really just to highlight Man City's defensive capabilities recently I think the goal they conceded on uh, was when they whenever they played at the weekend was like the the first it was their first shot on target against in about two hours or something ridiculous it was something it was something incredible so you know we're seeing two top teams going at it and you know Liverpool have certainly been lukewarm Recently, they were quite a significant margin ahead um, uh, at the back end of January. I think they were about five or six points ahead, which yeah. is quite mm-hmm. a significant amount, at the, you know, at the top of the table. Um, so, you know, but fair play to obviously the, the their title challengers. But you know, when we fa- faced them earlier on this season, obviously Fulham were on a downer. It was Slavisa's last last uh, game in charge. Um, Liverpool were were pretty good leading into that game um, I can't remember if they were top of the table at the time but they were there or thereabouts and you know Fulham did give them a quite a good game to be honest in the first half you know Liverpool had probably two really good chances but Fulham had about four or five if memory serves Sessegnon mm-hmm. should have certainly scored and uh, Mitrovic certainly did um, not that I'm bitter <laughs> about it um, I mean it was a time where Liverpool weren't doing all that great because I went on the Anfield rap in the week before it and I mean we had a bit of a joke because I said to John you call this a crisis we're a crisis yeah. mm. but they weren't going for two through a particularly great run of form I think they just lost in the Champions League to is it CSK Sofia mm. someone whoever the weakest team in their group was they lost to Red Star that's it Red Star yeah. Belgrade and and they were wondering is everything going to go off the boil and I still really believe that that was a real massive moment when that Mitrovic goal wasn't given rolling ball by Alisson which then went straight up the end of the other end of the pitch to, to Salah I mean would we have won the game unlikely but we certainly would have made it just difficult. before just before half time it would have been a real position position of strength to to defend in that second half considering we were playing six centre halves in the yeah. on the pitch at that game um, you know because we were actually it was the first game where Slavisa decided to change his mentality and, and play a much more structured organised defence for the first time in his life and it seemed to be working a little bit yes Liverpool had a couple of half decent chances but you know we could have got a result from that but once they've got their first goal it was pretty much curtains Yeah. Um, but you know looking looking to Sunday you know Fulham, it's a bit of a cliche, but Fulham really have nothing to lose. I, I really hope that we do play some some nice attacking football and put Liverpool on the back foot, but easier, a lot easier said than done and from sitting in my position. <laughs> I mean, is, is there any hope for, for, for Fulham on Sunday, Tom? And what, what line-up would you go with on, on Sunday for this one? I don't think there's any hope for Fulham on Sunday. I have to, I have to be honest about it. I think, I think Liverpool have had their sort of towards the end of season blip with that series of draws and I think actually this weekend's game against uh, Burnley and the way they came back after going a goal behind I think they've put that to bed now and I I fully expect them to you know to match Man City game for game for the last whatever it is eight games that we've got left so um, I don't think we've got much hope Um, I don't know I think you know 
I like to see what Ryan Babel can do against his one of his former teams. You never know if it's going to be. It always happens to us, doesn't it? Former players seem to pop up yeah. and score against us to see if we can do it to someone else. But um, I mean, I think I would be I would be tempted to start with the team that started the second half against Leicester. So Floyd Aite, Floyd Aite to start. Um, we haven't seen. I don't. I can't remember when he last started a game. But it's not hasn't been for started a while. this season. Yeah. Right. And you know, I think he deserves to. You know, he made a difference in that first half of the second half at the weekend. I, I think he deserves a chance to start from the start from the off. And I, so I, I would start with the team that that started the second half. We've actually said a few times in this podcast um, this season that we have sort of said when Aite's been on the bench that, and then he's come on. We've actually said how bright he's looked when he has mm. come on. Um, maybe it's in the park, back of Parker's mind that he is better as an impact player, but. You know, we've seen in the championship time and time again that when he's fit, he should really start. Um, he's bright. You know, I was talking at halftime uh, on Saturday that maybe he should come on for Sessegnon. And obviously Park had was had bugged the away um, uh, concourse, concourse um, if they can hear over all the chanting that was going on. Um, and, you know, he duly delivered. He did look like the brightest player on the pitch uh, in a white shirt on Saturday and I did I did also say that perhaps he you know because when he was in the championship he did kind of look too good for the championship and he's you know maybe found his level in the three relegation spots in the Premier League too good for the championship not good enough for the Premier League well you've always been a massive fan Ben haven't you of, of, of what Floyd can do yeah yeah I've always always been a fan of him I remember watching this is very weird and made me sound like I'm making it up but I watched a game of his Bastia versus Lorient ages ago and they were making it up they were all (laughs) saying like Aite will be a a great player one day and when we signed him I was really really surprised but I haven't really I I think he's played really well for us and it's just a bit of a shame that we haven't had someone of his calibre or not calibre but style this season to really drive into and put defences on the back foot because it's something we've, we've lacked tremendously all throughout Right, let's get an opposition perspective on Sunday's match. We always love getting the boys from the Anfield wrap on when we can. And this weekend is absolutely no different. They've had a mega busy week with their trip out to Germany on Wednesday. But Jack did manage to grab five minutes of Neil Atkinson's attention and started off by asking him what his perspective is on this iconic title race. It's an unbelievable title challenge, opinion. You know, such a high level number of points and and, and, and you know, week in, week out, we know we need to win. And I think for the first time this season, being honest, this is this is a game where Liverpool simply have to win. Um, I think Burnley was one of them, so maybe it's the second time. More this will, along with Burnley, this will be. I'd be absolutely gutted if Liverpool drop points against Fulham. That's no disrespect to Fulham. It just it's not it's what this sets up. If Liverpool win this one, they go back top. We go into the international break top and then there's seven games to go. And while Man City will have a game in hand, there will be two hands and the pressure will mount. I think it's obviously going to be you know, a, a tricky game. Did you know you and, and the rest of Liverpool fans expect something different from, from Fulham this season? Obviously, it's not gone to plan from, from our end. But what was the kind of overarching view before the season began? I- I expected I expected Fulham to cruise into thirteenth, fourteenth place. To be honest with you, playing attacking football, uh, I'm really surprised that Fulham have found themselves where they are. Um, I think it's uh, I th- I can, I, now that it's happened, I can see why it's happened. I think the investment in the summer was to cover gaps of low knees from the previous uh, from the previous. I think that the other happened was I think Fulham invested in Premier League quality players in the front six positions, but maybe didn't quite get. To- 
they, need, they needed in the back five. And, and with that, I'm also talking about the fact that they didn't manage to get fitness out of a few of the signings as well. Yeah. So, see how it's happened. I think that Fulham have been one of the season where the ball bounces the other way. We might be talking about the Fulham who right now might have Cardiff points total. Similarly, if the ball bounces the other way for Cardiff, they might have Fulham's points total. And it's a different game. I think that, you know, I do feel sorry for Fulham. I think that they made a fist of it at key moments. Uh, the other thing I'd say just quickly is I've actually been impressed with when I've seen Fulham against the top six side. I don't think they've been absolutely wrong they were. I actually thought you did all right at Anfield. Um, and for a side that's you know, repeated to concede goals that you've conceded, I thought you were very good against Tottenham uh, at the Cottage uh, first half. Um, and you know you really deserve to go in there ahead. And that's why I think Liverpool, when they go there this weekend, we've just got to get to the first 20-25 minutes. Cause I think that firstly, the Fulham supporters will want to leave a marker down, leave their imprint on the Premier League this season. But secondly, these are some dangerous players, the good players. And if the if the wind's at the backs, if they're feeling good about things, then they can cause Liverpool some problems. Absolutely. How's it looking in terms of, obviously there's a, a Champions League tie, uh, which is which is in bang in the middle of this and, and an important Champions League tie as well. Is there a feeling around the camp that, you know, the Champions League obviously is an important competition, always has been, and is, is kind of the pinnacle. But you've kind of been there and done it to an extent, right? Is there a, is there a kind of feeling that that could be a back burner this season? I think, I think if we get through against Munich, there are no back burners. Uh, it's worth saying that, you know, if Liverpool get through against Bayern Munich, then beat Fulham, then remain in the, the possibly 12 games in the season uh, from the 31st of March until the 1st of June. And I think that Liverpool will feel as though they can they can have a full run at that um, and yeah. feel as they can push right the way on. So I don't think, you know, and I think it might also be good to have the release of the European games in between league games. I think it might be good not to feel as though with the league games, the season is absolutely on the line every single time you play. So yeah. you know, as much as if you ask me which one I prefer to win, it would be winning our 19th title, but our first 1990. It really would just be that because I think it would be such a boost for the club to get that off our backs, you know, to get that league title in our back pocket. And it would allow us to sort of relax a little bit more the season. I think we've been looking at just But it's going to be really, really difficult. Um, so, you know, I think that we've got to, you know, if we get through against Munich, then I think we, we are in a position to see what the draw brings, but but maybe see those, those, those games as an opportunity to blow off some steam, both on and off the pitch, play some football and see what happens and, and know that, you know that, that that not everything is at stake at all times. And the other thing, from a Liverpool point of view, like I want to see Mo Salah stay at Liverpool for three more seasons, say. And Mo Salah will stay at Liverpool, I think, if he feels as though you know his professional ambitions can be reached. And his professional ambitions will be winning titles, the major titles, leagues and Champions Leagues. And so, while I think some Liverpool supporters might prefer the idea of well, we can just focus it all on the league, if you're Mo Salah you want to stay at Liverpool for three years, well, you'll want to do that because you think you can win doubles. And that's the journey we're going on as a football club, hopefully becoming a side who can win a double. And if it doesn't happen this season, if we win nothing or if we win one trophy, you know, if we go deep into the Champions League, we'll get important knowledge from that. And to extend that even further, you know, if you want to be able to say to Salah, to Mane, to Firmino, listen, we need to go and spend £80 million on another forward, which will mean that you get fewer games next season. Well, that's because we want to all go and win all these big prizes because last season you run out of steam. And so yeah. I think having a lived experience matters as well. So I think it's really important we push on in both trophy, both competitions. I really hope we do do so. But, you know, obviously the thing about it is that then they all become must-win games. 
Yeah, of course. Uh, I suppose on that kind of same topic and on that same tangent, do you expect to see rotation in the squad for, for the Fulham game? Is there yeah. the likes of Divock Origi might be, be looking at getting a start there or, or someone like that? I think that I, I, I'd be surprised if Lallana starts against Munich, but I would now be surprised if Lallana doesn't start at Fulham as one example yeah. of that. So I think that's what you're looking at there. Uh, I think that I'm not quite clear on Genie Wijnaldum at the minute uh, within the club and what I mean by that. He's had a couple, he's been our best midfielder this season, but he's also played um, approximately 33% more uh, in terms of Premier League games than Milner, Henderson or Fabinho. So at some sort of point, he's, and in the last few games, he's looked like he's hit a bit of a wall to me. So it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if Wijnaldum doesn't feature against Munich or against Fulham and they rack him up in cotton wool and try to do a little bit of a diddle with the Dutch squad that he doesn't go away and he gets a bit of a rest before coming back for the, for the running um, so it wouldn't surprise me if that happens um, as I say I think I expect Lana to start because I don't think he'll start in Munich but he was very good against Burnley and I think that that, that might be a go-to I'd, I would Liverpool through the season and it's it's a shadow of United in 2007 feels back to United in 2007, they have Ronaldo, uh, they have Rooney and they have Tevez. And Ronaldo, Rooney and Tevez play a hell of a lot of games. And then yeah. at the back, they've got Evra, uh, Wes Brown, uh, Vidic and Ferdinand and Van der Sar. And they play a hell of a lot of games. But the midfield three changes constantly. And I think that's what you're going to see from the, what you've seen from Liverpool to some extent, with the exception of Ronaldo, and what you're going to see. So it wouldn't surprise me if Liverpool make two or three changes in the midfield uh, for, for when they go to the cottage. They may do one, they may do something at right back or at centre back. Uh, Matip, if he doesn't start against Munich, might start against Fulham, or Lovren might start if Matip starts against Munich. That wouldn't surprise me. So there might be two or three changes from the Munich side. I would not, you know, I wouldn't be comfortable predicting what Jurgen Klopp's going to do. I do, th- but what you can say, I think with a level of certainty the goalkeeper will be the goalkeeper Robertson will be left back Van Dijk will start and all the front three will be on the pitch if they're fit OK fair enough it, I mean obviously this seems like a ludicrous suggestion in terms of where Fulham are and where Liverpool are and after the season you've had but are there weaknesses in this Liverpool side can Fulham get at them we've already spoke about there, there are quality players in this team you know, is it just going to be a, a, a sense of kind of holding your own, trying to you know battle for every ball and hope something falls your way, or is there is there genuine alternatives to actually getting a Liverpool? No, I think that Fulham should go for Liverpool. Um, to be honest with you, it's the thing that very few sides do. Um, but I think that the best way to get something from us, or for that matter, from City, is to is to look to score the first goal in the game. I think if you if you if you just try to you know, there's a Klopp quote this season about playing City, of sitting on the edge of your box and buying a lottery ticket, and if you try to do that against us. You know, listen, it might work. You might get a set piece. Something might come off. But I think the best we way... We don't to score be- set pieces. I wouldn't worry well, about that. Well, there we are then. I think the best way to beat this Liverpool side from a full point of view is to get one goal or maybe even two goals ahead. I don't think Burnley knew quite what to do when they went 1-0 up. I think they were a little bit like, good Lord, this is the thing that we, the one thing we didn't plan for was this. Um, and they weren't quite sure how to go about the business of making it too. I think that, yeah, this, this is a Liverpool side that it, it'll let you play a little bit. Listen, Van Dijk's absolutely incredible. Uh, but he can't be he can't be everywhere. Um, and there's an argument that you can maybe pin Robertson back by attacking that little channel between Robertson and Van Dijk. There's an argument that the right-sided centre-half, whoever it is, is the weaker centre-half. Trent is maybe not quite as good a defender as Andy Robertson, although that's becoming less and less the case as the weeks go on. But it's not so much about that. I, I think that the best way, I think that you know, if a side was to pick, and it doesn't have to necessarily be the first half an hour, but I think if I was arranging a side to play Liverpool, I'd have half an hour of going toe-to-toe and saying, listen, throughout this half an hour, we might concede a goal, but we might get two. 
because they're not used to this. And that could be what you know. If we, there's some footballers there that if we turn round, back to what I said about the midfield, Liverpool's midfield three does the running a lot of the running for the front three. But part of the thing about that is that that means the front three are cheating. So you can you know if you're brave and you're bold, there are spaces because Liverpool aren't setting up with a bank of four and a bank of five or a bank of four and a bank of four. You know yeah. you can move them around, and that's what I'd look to do. I'd look to overload the midfield area. I'd probably gamble with me right back to push him on. I'd probably keep me left back deep because of Salah for a little bit, hold the midfield to keep an eye on Mane and for me, you know, two centre halves and keep the left back in. But maybe have a plan to get everybody else to go and play, overload on Robertson so he doesn't feel as though he can push up and join and give Liverpool the out ball he so often does, and then look to target that back post with movement. I think Mitrovic getting in the space between Matip and uh, and Trent or Lovren and Trent, you know try to build the play down Liverpool's left, which might seem counterintuitive with Van Dijk, but attack the ball from the back post. If it's on that side, I think that's what I'd look to do. Perfect. Well, I mean, last things. What will last one I'd say was, uh, what will you miss about Craven Cottage next year? It, it, it sounds like a defeatist attitude, but I think that's the way we're going now. I think there's, I think Fulham, on uh, what I associate with Fulham and why the season's been so strange is I associate the attempt to play very, very good football. Um, you know, for me and you all may feel differently, but for me, to garner Fulham is. Was was such a breath of fresh air growing up, you know. It's it's, it's around the sort of time when I'm 22, 23, and to see that sort of no blame culture, with the passion of the ball, the freedom, the quality of that side that came up, and how impressive it was so early on. I think that you know that that's the form I always associated. It's not the idea of being great entertainers because I think that that sort of stuff's always damning a club with faint praise. It was playing with a bravery and a freedom, not caring about entertaining, but shifting the ball around the pitch and believing in each other. Um, but I still, you know, genuinely remember being bowled over watching that side on television after it first came up and thinking it was, you know, it was such a, it, it, you know, I think that we see more and more of it now with the coaches that you can see in the top six sides. You know, Pochettino, Klopp, um, these these. These are managers who want the, the Guardiola, obviously, who want the teams to play without fear. But back then, you know, it was a fearful time, the Premier League. And that's what you miss about Fulham, I think. I think that Fulham, when they're on when they're on song, Fulham are able to play and have been able to play with a level of joy de vivre that I think some of the other sides, you know, trying to use a London comparison as Crystal Palace, sort of have always struggled with. Fulham, for me, that's the sort of side they are. That's the sort of, sort of football team they are. That's the culture that I think they should have. And... <clears throat> And I'd like more of that culture in the Premier League, to be quite honest with you. So it is a shame, as looks likely, if Fulham do go down. And I do always sort of hope that they do bounce back up, uh, because it's a nice place to go. But also, you know, it's nice to it's nice to face football teams who want to play football against you and want to play football in a way which which isn't leaving the back door open. It's not being naive. It's instead saying we back off footballers. And I think that that's what Craven Cottage, at its best, does brilliantly with the atmosphere. It backs its footballers to play football when a lot of other grounds in the country are scared of its footballers playing football. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time, mate. No problem at all. Hello, I'm Breda Hangelin and you are listening to the Fulhamish Podcast. Well, thank you very much to Jack and to Neil Atkinson from the Anfield Rap giving us an opposition lowdown ahead of Sunday's game. Jack will be uh, in good mood, I'd have thought, on Sunday as it's uh, St. Paddy's Day. Uh, do check out the Anfield Rap if you know any Liverpool friends or family. They do absolutely stellar work. Uh, they do about 40 podcasts a month. It is a full-time operation. I think they maybe have about 10 full-time staff but even so, 
40 podcasts a month is quite phenomenal really uh, when you think about it and uh, they've always got lots of time for us which is very very nice so great to get them on when we can although unlikely we'll have a reason to invite them on Fulhamish next season right let's cross over to the main man Eric Nevland what an honour to have him on Fulhamish one of my all time favourite players Uh, he joined our Love Sport Radio fan show that we do every Wednesday from 8.30pm until 10 Uh, this week Don Betts Cam Ramsey and new host Johnny Burrow uh, were hosting the show. Uh, If you live in London, you can listen on 558am or on digital radio, or you can listen around the world at lovesportsradio.com. So without further ado, let's hand over to the main man, Eric Neveland. What's your finest memory for yourself personally in a Fulham shirt? Obviously the Europa Cup final against Atletico in 2010. It was a big moment for me and not something that I never thought would happen when I signed for Fulham. So we just get it out of the way and so we can leave talking about this season to an absolute minimum because I don't think anyone really wants to speak about it. What have you put it down going wrong this season? Where to start? Everything's gone wrong, really. It has been a tough season. It started in the summer, I think, with too many signings, not of the quality that you might... Uh, they're all good players, but I don't know if they fit in at Fulham. I think they would have had a better chance if they stuck with the, mainly the players that played the, the season before. But that's been the biggest problem. And, and then obviously a little bit unlucky in in some games and all over, just not good enough. And Eric, just one more on that note. Um, how do you suggest Scott Parker tackles the remaining fixtures of the campaign, knowing that Fulham have virtually relegated? From your own experience, um, how do you <coughs> expect him to just go about his daily life as a player, knowing you know so much could be at stake but has already gone? Yeah, I, I think he has to just look at this as his chance in getting into management, really, and take it in a little bit of the same way as Solskjaer did at, at Man United when, when he came in. It can't get any worse, so you can just try and lift the mood and get the players to want to play for you and try to perform and make sure that they play for Fulham for the remaining games of the season and uh, play for their uh, career, uh, actually, because they going down to the... To the championship isn't very fun for a player, but trying to just get everyone to contribute and perform the last few games and go down with the head held high. I think when we did the Great Escape with you, a vital cog in the side in 07-08, you know, I, I feel like even though the season was going bad, everyone sort of felt like it was going to something was going to come good, and I don't think we felt like the season in 2007-2008. When obviously you were, you were signed in the January, obviously by Roy Hodgson, I believe, and was there that team spirit that you knew, you thought you could get out of this? Yeah, there was. Obviously, uh, we didn't win as many games as we wanted in the beginning. Uh, when Roy came in, it took some time before everything settled. And you need kind of a, of a turning point. You need a performance that will make you believe. I think we got that away at Reading when we won away. You kind of get the feeling that we can do this. And you get some self-confidence going and, and then and then you can start. And, and, and I kind of thought that Fulham did this this year against Brighton at home when they turned around the 2-0 uh, deficit in the first half and, and won 4-2 if I'm not wrong. I kind of thought that, that was the turning point but uh, unfortunately not. If we, if, we, if we hop back to the Great Escape season, one game that actually sticks out for me, which I, I don't think it gets talked about as much as a lot of the other games. People get mentioned the Man City game, they mentioned the Portsmouth game, you know, Villa at home when Bullard scored the free kick, but the Birmingham home game when you, when you grabbed the second goal, I mean, that was... I think when Fulham fans were like, 
this is definitely on. This is this is something going to happen. You know, when you when you were going through on goal, was was it ever in your mind you weren't going to put the ball past Mike Taylor? No, it was, <laughs> I, I just I was just concentrating on hitting the target basically. That was all I was thinking about. And obviously, that was the last home game of the season, and that put us uh, in the position to have everything in our own hands after that game. So uh, obviously, that was a big game, and uh, yeah, it turned out well at uh, at the end as well at, and in Portsmouth. At Fratton Park is something that stands out so vividly to all Fulham fans, that Danny Murphy header from a, a really rangy, loopy Bullard cross. Yeah. After the final whistle, I mean, how long did it take you to realise that you've actually achieved one of the greatest feats in Fulham's history, you know, having fought against the odds effectively? That didn't take long. That was as soon as the referee blew the whistle, we knew that uh, we, we'd done it because I came on at that game in, I think, around the last 15, 20 minutes. And the other teams around us was winning. So uh, I got a message from Roy Hodgson that uh, I had to go on and, and tell uh, tell everyone on the pitch that we had to score a goal to stay up. So uh, when we did, after a few minutes, uh, then uh, it was all about just hanging in there for the last 10, 15 minutes. And uh, I think it's the most intense 10, 15 minutes I've ever been uh, had on a football pitch. So... Uh, when the referee blew the whistle, whistle, it was just such a big relief, and uh, we knew straight away that the journey back home would be uh, would be a good one. Yeah. If we fast forward just just eighteen months, and we're somehow now away at the Stadio Olimpico in the Europa League. Yeah. Have you given that yeah. ref for that ridiculous red card yet? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. <laughs> Two of the most undeserved red cards I think I've ever seen for you and Konchesky that evening. Yeah, it was. I've never felt so small on the football pitch ever. And I still haven't forgiven De Rossi for making the most out of it either. So uh, I don't like him anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough, Eric. And fast forwarding even further forward and looking ahead to this weekend when Fulham take on Liverpool, they're obviously a very impressive attacking side. We were talking earlier in the show about how Fulham have been struggling defensively this season. Do Mm -hmm. you give Mm -hmm. Fulham any chance at all against the Reds? No, I don't actually. I don't think anyone uh, does. No. Normally, I'm quite a positive guy, and and I think you always have a chance. And and I think, I hope and wish uh, that that they have a good performance and and do well and win and take some points from Liverpool so they don't win the league. But I can't see that happening. Uh, but uh, as as they've played all season with the front three and uh, and Van Dijk yeah, at the back then uh, it, it's going to be a tough, tough game for, for Fulham. What we need is get get you on, get another one of your cheeky back heels past Pepe Reina, and then we'll be fine. Yeah, you know, it's it's never, nothing's impossible. If I can score against Liverpool, then then probably some of the players today can. So, uh, Eric, don't it, do it, yourself it's, it's down. Not... not on this radio show. I, w- I won't hear that. You're a fabulous goal scorer. Uh, thank you ever so much it, for talking it, to us. Before before we let you go, no, Eric, no can problem. I, and I know you said you're normally positive. You're not feeling that positive about this weekend, but I've got to press you for a score prediction, if you don't mind. I'll go for, I think Fulham will lose 3-1, three. unfortunately. We're still going to score a goal. Still score three. a goal. <laughs> the, 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 the score a goal, the score a goal. Yeah, <laughs> me through it. 
well, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant to have Eric Neverland on this week's Fulhamish Extra. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And as I say, make sure you check out the Fulham Fan Show every Wednesday night. They are regularly joined by some of the great Fulham players down the years. It's a really, really entertaining radio show as well, especially if you're kind of driving around at that time. Uh, Always good to stick the boys on and hear their opinions on everything to do with Fulham. So, Farrell, how much are we going to lose by? Uh, Minus three, because that's that's how many goals we're going to score against them. Oh, right. Okay. 3 yeah. 0 win for Farrell. That's yeah. um, very optimistic of you. Floyd Aite hat trick. Ben, do you see this actually being quite a tight one? Because I think that Fulham, I don't think we will win, but I could see it being a 2 1 or something. I think that Fulham might make a bit of a battle of it. There, there seems like something at, at home of late where we do we do put up a bit of a fight. Even Maybe the United game is the exception. but um, I don't know if I see it being tight. I see it being Liverpool will win 2 0. Um, but I don't see us putting up a huge amount of fight. Uh, we have the ability to create chances, but I don't think we will take them um, mm. especially well. I think, yeah, Liverpool will probably dominate most of the possession and we'll try and hit them on the break where possible. I think something that goes a bit unnoticed with Liverpool is how good their midfield actually is. And someone like Ginny Wijnaldum, I think, will be one of the deciding factors his ability to get around the pitch and really if we play a midfield pivot of McDonald and Chambers get in and around them and put them under real pressure and I don't know if they'll be able to deal with them to be quite honest uh, and Tom your your prediction for the match I reckon we might actually score so I'm going to go for 3-1 Okay, well, thank you very much for listening to this preview today ahead of Sunday's match. Fulhamish will return on Monday. Uh, We'll be bleary-eyed after the big uh, St Paddy's Day celebration. Will Jack Collins make it in one piece? Uh, We'll we'll have to wait and find out. But yeah, we'll be looking back at that Liverpool game uh, and no doubt we'll have some more of your ridiculous questions as well as we very much enjoyed answering some of those on Monday's podcast. So uh, to Farrell Monk, thank you very much. Alfida Zane Sammy. Ben Jarman, thank you. Obrigado. And Tom, thanks for coming on again. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Right, we'll see you soon. Have a good weekend. Come on, you eyes. <laughs>